welcome to another Creative 2.0 podcast with me, Guy Vickerstaff, Chair of the IPA in Scotland. For this podcast, I gathered as many creative directors from uh, Scottish agencies that I could get together and asked them all to lunch. For the first time, I think, in Scottish advertising and creative history is get a, a group of creative directors all together down here in the kitchen in Leith and in our minds. Um, <laughs> so I would like to introduce the creative directors that um, have made it on time. I've got a few apologies from people who are pushed for meetings, but we've got Cheryl Thompson from Union Direct. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. We've got Paul Mason from Punk. Hi, Paul. Hi, Guy. Uh, Punk, I think, are just across the road from the kitchen, so it's not uh, he's not had to walk far. Adam Smith at the gate. He's just along the road in Commercial Commercial Street. Hi, Adam. Ailey McDonald from Frame over in Glasgow, I believe. So thanks for making the trip over to, to Leith. And Callum as well, so joint creative directors there. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for heading over. Uh, we've got Troy Farnworth and Phil Evans from the Leith Agency, who I believe are, and, and Nick Hillary Joyner from Stripe, who I believe are in the same building, so they've just had to come downstairs, so... Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Um, Tom's, Tom's given us the run of the kitchen. And uh, for those listeners who aren't aware of it, the, the kitchen was, uh, was opened a few years ago and actually earned its first Michelin star within six months. The Observer Food Monthly credited it at one time in 2010 as being the best, the best restaurant in the UK. So I think it's an appropriate venue for a creative director's lunch. So welcome, welcome. Service is crap today, Guy. I've not even got a menu. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a word with Tom. Have, have you have, have you not got a drink? No, not a drink. Not got a menu. No, not even had a hello. Okay, so I'll uh, I'll get I'll get I'll get people going and mingling around the bar, and I'll go and find Tom and see if we can get some service. I think obviously the the first thing we have to acknowledge this uh, COVID nineteen situation. Managing a creative team where there there have been furloughs and where budgets have been affected. Did anyone want to, to start the, the bar chat about the situation that, and how they're facing it in their, in their agency? Um, when I was listening to your um, preamble guy, I was going, how can we possibly make this seem like something inviting for <laughs> other people? Because it, seemed, it feels like a really bleak time out there. That's possibly just in my room, but it's pretty tough just now. Um, but actually, I guess that's maybe just a call to action to kind of, for people wanting to come in or even for us and helping each other get through this, the more positive, the more creative, the more problem solving, the more us, the more doing what we do as people, the better for everyone. I think we can go and solve problems ourselves. We can cheer each other up. We can add delight to the world. And that's maybe not a bad place to start for the industry. Very good point. I mean, let's do a little shout out. Is anyone seeing any particularly inspiring work out there? Is anyone is anyone grasping the the nettle at the moment? No, I think we're still in the the first flush of in it together videos, aren't we? I'm hoping there's <laughs> hoping there's slightly more exciting work in, in production. Uh, I think I've seen one the other day, but it was so so memorable. I can't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> I think consumers are doing it. There's amazing stuff happening, but it's not us. Yeah, the you're professionals right. are just kind of by rules, and clients are nervous, and everyone's you know. But there's a fantastic stuff happening. I really liked the the. I don't know if you've seen it. The video that Grant Stott done, you know, stay at home, protect the NHS, and I was watching it, hoping that it wasn't one of you guys' agencies that had done it because it. <laughs> 
because it was it was quite good, you know. Obviously, he's not got the constraints of you know client sensibilities hanging over him, but yeah, the, I think the the public are possibly getting more creative than the agencies right now. But yeah, hopefully that's going to change. Certainly yeah. a lot of that around, isn't there? Certainly a lot of kind of people like like this kind of the ads are like this essentially. People yeah. in their houses. <laughs> you get to see inside people's houses, which is quite interesting. That's it. That was a really fun fun point that came up on um on the IPA create creativity webinar the other day, just to pump that. Um, but there was a there was a, a creative director, Sue Higgs, down in, in London saying she was quite enjoying zooming into her Swiss clients' homes. And uh, and having a look at their their backgrounds and seeing what books were on their shelves and things, so <laughs> it's it, it, quite a profound situation where, as as industry professionals, we're actually inside our clients' houses in a way. So, do you think? Do you feel that this new new interface has interface? Listen to me. This this new <laughs> way of working has um, has broken down some barriers with our clients um, and in terms of how we deal with them. I think a little bit that you you do feel like you're talking to human beings a little bit more. Mm. I think there's a, there's definitely a bit of that. There's definitely kind of a, it's a great leveler, isn't it? Zoom, this kind of meeting, you're kind of everyone's just in their house, so you can you can be speaking to a chief executive or a, yeah. or whatever level you're at. It doesn't really matter, does it? Because you're all in your house and you're probably in your PJs from the the waist down or work. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And you've all probably got wine in your mug rather than um, rather than tea. So I think it does it does kind of relax people in a way. But then it's no for me anyway. It's no substitute for actually proper face to face. I agree with that, Phil. I think there's something. You know, the first couple of weeks of this lockdown, people were imagining that this was going to destroy our existing ways of working and who would be going into the office anymore but there's definitely something lost in the lack of FaceTime no no, as in the FaceTime app but genuine FaceTime I don't know if clients get the chance to go go away and get all their ducks in order and come back a little more critical it's, it's a wee bit more difficult feeding back to creative stuff I find as well you know when the work's no spread out on the table yeah. and stuff like that it's uh, yeah I think I've, I've got a new appreciation for spending time with people actually yeah, i think that, that's the one thing that we've definitely struggled with is just just seeing work and reviewing work is very different in this scenario and i think we, we've took for granted probably just getting people around the table and looking at stuff and mm-hmm. gut, in, gut instincts are kind of held back when it's a formality of one person can speak at a time and no one can just react and i think that's the, that's been the real challenge i think I think it's well, well, try. Everyone's sort of, uh, everyone's quite sensitive to everyone else's sort of mood and their mental well-being. So yeah. clients are maybe not being quite as cutting with us as they would be, and then we're possibly soft soap and stuff a little bit for creatives that are showing showing you work. You know, everyone's yeah. yeah it's, it's, I've certainly been a bit more sensitive than a than a usual. <laughs> as well, that it's so unnatural to see yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I think it's highly distracting is when people are in their own environments, they forget that um, subtlety of, 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 you know, kind of the expression. So you're, mm-hmm. particularly when you're doing a massive presentation like I was yesterday, internal one, and everyone's just sitting looking really bored, and that's hugely distracting. But, you know, you've got to um, sh- 
share knowledge and interface, but just Zoom is, is digital, but it's not emotional. And, and I think our creative, um, you know, kind of um, piece is far more, you know, visceral. We, we, you know, we need to be, you know, in touch with people. It's, 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 it's not a solution, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a useful tool. Sorry, you miss the energy of the room, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or the sort of, you know, if, yeah, people sort of feeding off what you're saying or, you know, a particular person's enthusiasm for what they're sharing with you, it definitely gets lost through the... Callum and I have been saying that as well recently, just trying to do any kind of creative collaboration. You know, having a lot of folk on furlough has meant that even even the, the creative directors are kind of back on the tools and back on live briefs and just trying to get that sort of natural back and forth that you get with another creative when you're in that idea generation phase and it's just feels so stilted over video conferencing. It's just not the same. Earlier on, like trying to find a, some sort of tool or some sort of um, whiteboarding um, sort of shareable interface, like some sort of tool like that online that was free or easily accessible and I couldn't find anything. Um, but it was certainly something that I, I felt was a gap now or a, this situation is kind of identifying gaps like that that technology could fill, you know, like some yeah. creative collaboration tool that feels natural and feels intuitive. Yeah. Some of our teams that are actually spending a huge part of the day on Zoom calls to each other. So mm. in, in the creative kind of development process of coming up with ideas, they're, they're doing that as if they were in a coffee shop, they're just on Zoom doing yeah. that. Sounds horrendous to me. Sound, sounds <laughs> weird. <laughs> The more I've done it, the more I've done it. I think I will with Troy, obviously. In the early days, I found this really distracting. I think when you're working on your own, though, you tend to sort of get into that little bubble and then even begin to overthink things almost when you're on your own because you just don't have that person next to you just to pester and go, like, what do you think about this? Yeah. Kind of like yesterday, I was emailing Ailey nonstop about stuff and, you know, I was like, I'm sorry, I just need to get this from my head around this is sound right. And I was probably just massively overthinking it, but it's it's just yeah. a, it's, a, it's a strange situation. Zoom just doesn't seem to be able to, and I don't know whether any technology can, like, mm -hmm give you that sort of environment where you can create freely and without it sort of it feeling too forced. Yeah. I wonder if it's the next step in creative starting to work alone more. I think mm -hmm. you know, budgets and technology yeah. and now that you're physically alone. I wonder if people are just going to have to, or some people will maybe just accept it and some people maybe get pushed into it and some people will find it just doesn't work and they continue to do the digital coffee shop thing. Yeah, it's fine as well. I think what it what it has probably shown as well though is is uh, it's opened up the flexible working question. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for a lot a lot of agencies, they're, they're you know we're all we're all thinking about how we can let people work more flexibly, be a bit more open to different ways of working. So I think post if we do get to a new normal, people talk about the new normal, don't they? I think po post this kind of situation, then perhaps it's going to be easier for teams to just check in by Zoom. Mm -hmm. or yeah. not necessarily be in the office uh, and then just just be a bit more flexible in the way that we work and that's to be honest that's probably not a bad thing I don't think yeah. it's ever gonna, ever gonna replace face to face and I, I miss the printout I miss the yeah. degree off the printer and looking at it and actually yeah. you know, discussing it with other people and all that kind of stuff but um, it's certainly there's a new way of doing things as well and I think it'll just add into what we previously had uh, yeah, maybe I think that's 
I think it's a massive, massive positive that we can take from all of this is that we will be able to work a lot more flexibly because everyone, like, well, certain agencies and certain people worry about presenteeism, you know, like it's all about if you've got to be in the office because you're working if you're in the office. And I think that it's shown, um, it's shown me certainly, like everybody works so flipping hard anyway, but I find at home, you, because you haven't got those, oh, I'll just go and make a coffee, you're actually working a heck of a lot more, and so you're getting a lot more you're a lot more productive when you're at home yeah. than when you're in the office. And I've always I've always um, championed that, but I think this more than ever has just shown that it it does still work. Like I do think there's definitely times that you're going to need to be in the office and have those face to face because I don't think the the collaboration at the beginning of a project is is as easy as when you're in the office. But I do think for, for other parts of it, when you have to crack on, yeah, yeah. I've become quite obsessive about it, to be honest with you. The flexible working is, I think it's quite divisive, but it's, it, you know, if you're a leader, then you can spot, you know, the, the division. I think there are people who um, are doers and need guidance and actually flexible working, they need a huge amount of management. Yeah. Um, and they and you need them. And you were talking about earlier, you know, how we've got a much more diverse um, need for, you know, um, because of our environment now. So doers, you know, kind of um, will need closely management. And even though they're working flexibly and remotely, they still kind of respond to shift work. Mm -hmm. So if I'm working in the morning. I'm not working. And then there's the sort of knowledge based, more kind of um, I think is more, more the kind of field most creatives would. Um, fall into you know from you know kind of a creative department and um, is they're much more self-management and they work all the time and actually they're quite used to probably walking away from their their laptop in order to do their most potent thinking and only do you know kind of once they've actually thought about it and I actually think you know from from our point of view from my point of view I've become quite obsessive about it because that's the world the way the world is moving anyway and was prior to COVID yeah. Um, it's it's just how we adapt and contrive the situation to make that as potent as possible during and afterwards mm -hmm. after this whole um, this whole situation. I one of the benefits I've certainly found um, the sort of silver lining, I suppose, was one thing I always struggled with, particularly at Frame when I'm working in the office. It's very open plan, so you're very available, and yeah. and I found that while I, I always struggled with the sort of maker manager schedule you know if I was working on live briefs I would still be required to kind of pop on and off and answer questions and respond to emails and give people feedback on briefs and on work and so your your time was very fragmented and what one thing I have found it's easier to control when I'm working remotely when people can't just physically wander over to your desk or when they're passing go oh Ailey we just got 30 seconds I can just ask you this question is there a wee bit more you know they'll only get in touch if they have you know a, a, a case or a question set out that they need to approach me with or they'll email it to me rather than chatting me or video chatting me so I can answer it my own time and manage that flow a bit better so I find it's easier to kind of control my own time and my own focus on live briefs so maybe they'll learn uh, that, from that's interesting to hear and I think there's this there's maybe a, a tension as well because I, I got some feedback from people saying that it's it, they kind of get zoom overload so it's back-to-back -back meetings yeah. it's reviews it's straight into the next one it's one overlap in the other and um and you've got this kind of completely compressed day and then you've got to fit the other stuff in afterwards and it's forced 
Yeah, it was a bit of it, that too. There's, there's a, it's, it's emotionally draining, but also you, you, have to, you have to work in it in a different way. So there's the considered feedback on reviews. Are, is anyone finding their, I mean, I know well-being's a, a subject that everyone's talking about, but is anyone finding, what's, what's the creative director well-being situation right now? Nobody ever, nobody ever cares about our well-being. No one gives a fuck about us, do they? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's a, a, a the, uh, I think it's a little. I, when we went into this, I had this idea that I was going to be much more productive for all the reasons we've spoken about. Eli, people know coming over to your desk and make our manager schedule, but I've not really found that the case. You know, I, th I think it's the. I don't know. There's something about a Zoom call that's going to take thirty minutes, whether it's a three-minute conversation or no. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We're not having these sort of quick exchanges, and you know, get getting into business quite as quick as we normally. So I'm I'm certainly finding my day eating up uh, quite quite rapidly. You know, I've still not my soup. There you go. It's half one. <laughs> you soup. Someone was saying the reason that you can't um, end calls is because you've got nothing. Oh, I've just got to go and run out to do something where you can't say that anymore. <laughs> so, <laughs> you've got no excuse but to stay on the phone. I think what I've discovered is because uh, I think that I think flexible working will be here to stay. But I've also you you are are you talking about the the doers, Hillary? Yeah. Is that how you describe them? Yeah, doers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I've, I've noticed that. Uh, we certainly, the, the first few weeks were a whole lot quieter than we've, we've ever been before. I mean, people had too much time on a, a brief or too much time to look at anything. It, it, was, it just wasn't happening to the same standards it would usually. Mm -hmm. I've realised that people, and I, I think we always knew, people love a deadline. Do you know? You've yeah, got a bit of pressure. Yeah. To, to get that done. And, and, and actually, I've, I've seen people reacting a lot more positively to that, right, on Thursday, We've got to get X finished by four o'clock and then we'll look at that other thing. So you've still got to demarcate people's weeks, I think, and give them targets mm -hmm. and goals. It's just that they maybe do it at home in future rather than yeah. sitting 30 yards up the office. Um, from, from my observation, Matt, by, by the way, my well-being, um, just for your information, is fluctuating just like everybody's like the biggest roller coaster. <laughs> you know, like, again, at home with a... Um, a senile cats, teenagers, it's an absolute nightmare, but um, everybody's in the same boat, so I think that's what holds everybody together. I, I've kind of lost my thread there. We were talking about doers. What, um, what was I going to say? I was talking about I'm still needing a deadline, Hillary. Yeah, the, dead, yeah, the, dead, the deadlines. Well, I, I find that, um, right, what, again, before this started and sort of feeling the temperature, I just started to say to everybody, let's concentrate on output. Let's not, um, you know, kind of obsess about time, you know, because, you know, like that is, you know, where the world, where the world is. So actually what's really going to be detrimental for the business is for people to be presenteeist and over, over egg a job, especially now when you might need to put somebody on furlough or take somebody off furlough. You know, if the figures aren't yeah. matched up with the billable, actual billable work. Yeah, Plus as creatives, from my point of view, I'd rather get things off my table and then do some insightful piece or uh, exploratory piece, or even just go off and do what we all do, you know, as hobbies, paint, write poems, whatever it is. And that way I can re-input in this time of need, you know, so, you know, those, it's sort of self-perpetuating, not to pre presenteeist and not to over-egg and make sure that basically output and efficiency mm -hmm. are the, the, the main agenda for us. I mean, it's difficult to say that when you're in the thinking part of a creative piece, mm -hmm. 
because how long does that take? But um, you know, yeah, I think that's that's another kind of challenge that we've got at the moment, isn't it? That I mean, creatives always complain about not having enough time, but like you say, Paul, we want a deadline because that makes us work. But I think what we're finding is the deadlines now have, have completely half to quartered. And I think <laughs> what you're seeing on, especially in terms of the output from general kind of advertising across the board is probably reflective of that. A lot of the work looks the same. It's, it's very, very similar. It's not got the quality or the standards that we kind of would build in through time. And I think what the challenge will be is how do we kind of make sure clients go back to giving some more time and because they're still getting the same output. I think that's the problem is that the clients are still getting the things that they want to get. They get their big TV campaign. They're doing the, the kind of PR launch. They're doing X, Y, and Z. They're doing all the bits that they already get, but the time they get it is halved. So, but hopefully, what's so that, sorry? The Scottish government are working 24-7. I mean, they've got a rotor system in place. Yeah, well, that's where we yeah, we'll, we do as well. I think this is the, this is the thing that the, the, the challenge will be is how we convince them that the work could, needs to be better. So, and that yeah. and, and, and that's going to be a creative yeah. challenge because from a from a financial point of view and from a business point of view and from a client's point of view, they still just see it as I've got my thing that I wanted. And we've always had that problem as creative directors to try and convince them to do better work and and what what that means and how that will be a, a, a kind of a game changer for them. Yeah. When everyone's doing the same thing, it's an excuse at the moment where everyone's in the same boat, everything looks the same. Oh, that's mm -hmm. fine because they're doing it. So I think that's going to be a real challenge coming out at the end of this is how we re-educate and how we instill some creativity and, and kind of the good quality that, again, we all all here want to do. So I think the other thing you do on the back of that, Troy, is just if budgets are halved and they're still getting what they want, they're going to expect budgets to remain halved and still get what they want in two years' time. Yeah. Everyone's going to be fed up looking at animation, but... <laughs> that, that's, that's animation, animation and stock footage, yeah. It's yeah. Just like, yeah. I think that's it. Production's the problem, isn't it? We just need yeah. to try and find new ways to produce stuff in the way that the things are just currently. But I think, Troy, your point's really good. I think, you know, people are still getting what they're getting, but they're not getting the craft that they normally get. And I think that's the problem. I think people, like, clients can't necessarily see that craft all the time. Yeah. Obviously, it's an interesting time, but I think we're in, we're in that kind of point where we're polarizing. So either either you're working on a big bit of P&G or pan-European stuff and you're working on next year's campaign. So you, you're kind of thinking longer term and brand building, et cetera, or you're in this extreme end of short termism where it's like, what are we doing tomorrow? And what are we doing the day after? And actually, could, so we're, we're in this kind of, you're, you're, you're caught in these kind of collapsing timelines. And um, from my experience sitting inside, uh, sitting inside a client's office, uh, they're going to want stuff faster and they're going to want stuff cheaper. And, and that is the biggest challenge to come out the end of this is to, you know, shake that mindset because there will always be a part of that. I think just to sort of go back a wee bit, I think that's going to be the, the interesting test of the work, the stuff that's been worked on at the minute that's no got to be turned around in two weeks, you know, with some sort of public service announcement, because the, the world is, is going to change. It'll be, be interesting to see, you know, stuff that's perhaps on sitting in people's briefs on the desk at the minute, you know, what what is that going to look in, like in mm -hmm. six months' time? I think that'll be interesting, sort of post-COVID work. What, what's that going to look like for the advertising mm -hmm. industry? Is yeah. it, you know, people care about different things, a much greater sense of society and community. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Do you think we will come out of this with, with more of an idea that we are a 
community and that, that, you know, we all fit within a distribution network. And what are the positives do you think going to come out of, of this? I think people, I'm not entirely sure for a brand advertising point of view, I think, but undoubtedly people are going to feel, you know, as closer as a society and they're going to have a greater sense of community and perhaps going to have an appreciation of exactly how small the world is, what effect that has on the work long term remains to be seen. Uh, hopefully a positive one. Yeah. The only problem yeah. is, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, I was getting a little bit of purpose fatigue before this <laughs> happened. Uh, you know, and I just wonder if everyone's going to have the same purpose in future. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think any sort of short-term warm and fuzzies won't last. I, I suspect there's, there will be this sort of you know, in, in the aftermath, there'll be the sort of lovely community vibes and we're all in it together. But I've got a feeling that people, pe humans just snap back to old ways of thinking and old ways of behaving. You know, we just, re we, we return to default um, depressingly quickly. Uh, <laughs> also, it's our job to do the complete opposite to what everyone else is doing, isn't it? So, mm -hmm. so when there's all these ads there that are all really warm and fuzzy and make you feel good and come from the right place and are very heartfelt and all that kind of stuff then maybe maybe something coming in for a like your, your pop noodles of this world yeah i'm gonna rip that up completely up and say this yeah. is the normal actually now let's let's go and have, go and have some fun or something or yeah, that'll be the interesting thing well, if yeah. how people skin it yeah because there will be a sort of desire for that i don't know slightly more moments of hedonism and cutting loose and running wild and doing all that stuff that you, you can run, you know, maybe maybe the high street will get a wee boost as people want to totally, yeah. actually go somewhere rather than have it delivered off Amazon again. I might go and tie on a jacket first day. <laughs> be interesting to see what comes from the planners, won't it? To post, post COVID, if it does return to some kind of normal that's a little bit like it was kind of how how they interpret it are they are the briefs going to be all fuzzy so mm. that they're kind of steering us down that that path or is there going to be some tension with the creatives that it's like oh not another one not yeah. another kind of uh, purpose-driven mm. um nhs ad and uh and, and we want to try and do something different so that'll, that'll be the interesting thing hopefully everyone will learn a few the, the, like the, there was nothing wrong with any of that or oh, we're in it together stuff you know but it, it probably shows you the sort of unilateral nature of thought within the advertising industry did you see that sort of three minute piece or the uh, everything cut together and everyone yeah, all the brands yeah. the same. you know there yeah. was exactly the same thing some people said exactly the same thing some said it in a different way that's probably going to tell us a little bit about the the nature of thinking and the yeah. Industry. Do you know what I mean? Everyone came, albeit it was a, yeah. a global problem and a massive shared experience like never before, but everyone had exactly the same reaction. Definitely yeah. 99 people, about 100. Mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe maybe we're always guilty of that, you know, thinking, thinking the same. Yeah, so we've got... 20 minutes or so and I don't want to keep everyone uh, from over I, I don't want anyone to overlap with their next zoom call which will probably be happening in 20 <laughs> minutes time but um, is anyone is anyone seeing the the opportunities in the industry obviously we've just we've touched on how you know we we could start looking at different physical agency spaces and maybe desk shares and flexible working etc cetera, etc cetera, that was maybe happening before this came along anyway 
if you look at the brands who are doing well, the, the ones that maybe get noticed for responding, it's not really through comms. If you say all the adverts are the same, there's nothing really out there, but it's actually what they're doing. It's their products, it's their services, it's their opening their stores early for old people, it's turning taxis into emergency vehicles, it's whatever practical thing they can do, you know, making hand sanitizer. They're the ones who are out there with an actual purpose in the world just now. And it'd be interesting to see if the creative thinking can overlap into that field. So rather than us just being advert makers, as we're so often used for to actually be creative thinkers that help companies be useful, better, more um, meaningful. So I, I absolutely agree as well. I think the creativity comes in the in innovation, it, into the input into the business as well as the output. So, you know, from, from our point of view as creative directors, we're as responsible for a concept that ends out at the end of a um, channel or media, a piece of media, as we are thinking creatively about that channel, that media, that new innovative piece of tech that we're using in order to communicate that message. So it's not just creative teams that are providing, you know, con concepts to sit somewhere, but actually, you know, kind of like teams that are kind of, is much more holistic. And that, that again, particularly where I am in Stripe, which is less advertising and more idea-based, um, you know, it's, 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 thinking of how we build those communities and share, you know, pollinate creative innovation and conceptual thinking and ideas. That was something I think we paid a bit of lip service to um, and had great ambitions to do more of, as I'm sure lots of creative agencies do, is do more, do more pro bono work, more work for goods, more charity-based work. And, and, and Frame actually does do quite a lot of that. Probably not, we don't, we, we obviously try and kind of, reduce the amount of time we spend on it you know so we're not stealing yeah. time from paying clients and it's always quite compressed and a bit scrappy and a bit sort of off the books um so maybe as you say adam there might be some sort of motivation on the other side of this to actually kind of do that properly you know and stop sort of doing it as a kind of tokenistic sort of gesture but actually kind of um, put real time and do it do it properly you know i'd quite like to you know slightly contrary point of view i'd quite like to see people in the industry being, you know, a little more keen to just get on with selling a product again. You know, it's, it's going to be really important as the economy needs a, a shot in the arm. You know, there's nothing wrong with selling potty dogs. They don't need a purpose or, you know, encouraging people to go wherever and buy whatever. Do you know, I think we've all become a little bit, or, or certainly brands seem to have become a little bit of, ashamed of the sort of you know the, the commercial nature it's paying people's wages all, all over the country everyone that works in the the beans factory you know needs us to sell more beans and i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i think that will be part of our job actually after uh, after sort of lockdown and the rest it's over you know that's what it's always been used to help fuel the economy and yeah, I'd, I'd like to see, I don't mind purpose. I think it's all right if brands have got a genuine purpose. I think if they've picked one out the, you know, the purpose Pantone chart, it's a, it's a, it's a, little, it's a little less appealing, actually. So, yeah, maybe just shifting some product again as we were once tasked with doing I, 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 I passionately believe in, in, in purpose, but one in 10 or one in 100 brands that say they have a purpose actually have a purpose. The rest yeah. is just a bolt-on piece of marketing. Maybe that'll disappear. But I suppose my, my, my point about the 
how creativity can be enlarged is not is not just into how people can do things which are aren't aren't about selling, but actually how they can sell in more imaginative ways. What else could they do with beans? How else can they get uh, beans? I, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that, and ho hopefully we're you know you know people in agencies of all different shapes have been you know probably proactively going back with sort of business solutions to their, their clients at the minute. So yeah, maybe they will let us you know get a seat at the top table more often and you know get us involved in the the process a little earlier it'd be good i think that all always lies with, with the clients so as well isn't it i think all of us around here have probably done some sort of proactive business you try try to get more upstream in the creative thinking process rather than just think about like what i'd say is media outputs mm -hmm. but the, the, the difficulty is is again we know that the clients have got we're going to have less money the marketing departments are probably going to get smaller and they're not going to have the skill set in that marketing department to kind of then get that seat to the top table because i think that's the real challenge for us now is that marketing departments aren't as well valued as they used to be in their own companies you know i think they cut like these things that we say when we say iceland jumped on it and we're like oh we're going to open for an hour for elderly first but that doesn't come from the marketing department that's coming from other other parts of the business and i think from a story what really, exactly what we really need is is the marketing departments within clients to probably grab some of that attention and and, and again be able to steer the clients because we're, at, at the end of the day we're only as good as the people that we can can talk to and convince and have these conversations with and i think it's going to be a real challenge to to kind of change that when the, the kind of money and the spend in that side of the business, which we all know that is the first thing to go, even at the client side, that the marketing teams just get half. So it'll be interesting to see how we, we get around that. Yeah, it's been more useful, hasn't it? It'd be nice to be so again with it, you know, what, what 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 value can you add to a business? Well lots actually, you know, if you people are willing to get you involved. That's it. That's our um, our remit in many ways. We've got a sliding scale now from you know a piece of branded content that sits on Amazon to a highly targeted selling ad that's one click away from you know a purchase, and we've got to be able to curate and direct people to the right part of that um, that sliding scale because actually post this, I think people will all be going towards the targeted. You know, and, and there is a place for that, but we also want to, um, you know, kind of engage and entertain and, you know, do our jobs properly and produce really good um, creative um, pieces that are selling, you know, what our clients are adding value to what our, our clients need. So it's, you know, kind of if budgets go small, they can, they, they, they're reluctant to, um, to put the value into a creative endeavour. I think there's just a lack of bravery generally. It's something, and I don't know which way it's going to go after COVID-19, whether that's going to get better or worse. I think it could go either way. But something we always complain about, um, or, you know, in our usual owning creatives kind of way, was clients wanting to see the ad, see, like, show me the thing before I'll approve it. Like, you know, actually, you can make, make animatics, make the animation, you know, go out and film a kind of rough edit on a mobile just to kind of, give them a sense of how this ad is going to look and how it's going to flow before they'll even approve it to actually make it and, and produce it. Uh, and, and, and that was kind of becoming a kind of across the board, like all clients, just this nervousness um, and a kind of lack of trust, I suppose, to kind of go with you and just, you know, um, take a risk on an idea and, and let you do your thing, you know, let you do your job. Um, and I don't know whether 
this situation is, as you say, Hillary, going to make people even more prescriptive, more clients, even more kind of directional and more sort of like, no, just give me this thing. I just need to tell people about this and that's it and be super tactical um, or whether they'll grow up here. I think, well, I think we're going to have to be braver and and uh, and try and get the clients on board with that, aren't we? I think what will happen is they, they're not going to have any money, mm. so they're going to want the earth for the money that they've got so they're going to give us a real challenge of how do we make this small budget stretch as far as we can possibly stretch it classic thing isn't it that we've all faced millions of times um and then it's it's up to us then to try and convince them to that they've got to go beyond they've got to go beyond what they're perhaps expecting um and really push it to get cut through with the kind of budgets that they're going to be talking about so yeah. I I, again i think what is quite convincing to add to the argument is just how successful netflix has become you know during this crisis where people are actually going to the biggest streaming creative streaming digital environment or space and so you know the consumer is migrating towards where the best creative is and where they can access most easily you know and that's convincing but you know to convert that into uh, uh, an argument to get people to part with their money you know, um, is, is a different matter but and also I, I actually think you know like you just from my point of view Jane Godley is that how you pronounce her you know that I mean look at her success you know and it's just kind of adding humor and craft to government messaging and um, it's I suppose behavioral change but um, people are really responding to creative humor crafts and things so we've got it there it's just how do we bring that back into our contents to make sure that people are buying it to sell exactly and uh, just going back to um Ailey, a couple of the points we were just making there from from my experience and kind of the the new ways of working so having come from an on-site agency partner uh, that was inside a inside a a, a, a large corporate there's there's a couple of little tensions going on that I, I felt, which was, it was kind of breaking down of the silos. It's almost like, where does the creative responsibility lie? So mm -hmm. clients love being involved. And if you were to turn a very prescriptive kind of um, client's bit of feedback into, I, I, I feel I want to be involved in every aspect of this creative sprint. So we're going to get from here to the next idea, to the next idea. And this is the world that clients are living in is these kind of agile sprints and scrum masters and minimum viable products. And this is a kind of hangover from, you know, from new ways of working in a digital design field. But these, these trends will definitely impact on, um, on our industry in terms of how in terms of the world the clients are living in and the language they use and the kind of behaviors they're expecting, is anyone finding new ways of working actually in a positive way that, you know, you get to results quicker? Well, we've got a, like a client, um, like a European client that we've been working with for a while now. And um, part of that has been doing Zoom calls with, with them over in um it's 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 quite awkward because obviously like it's lots of different people from all over the world so there's some just sort of different social aspects to it so some you know they'll just turn their camera off and their mic off while you're presenting even though you're trying to make it a discussion so that can make it quite awkward but the good way that we try to do it is just in terms of creatively is is do it through steps so you know we'll, we'll talk about territories at the beginning and explore like a sort of creative territory they'll pick that and then we'll move on from there um, and then we'll just do it almost like in baby steps with them and just keep having 
they are just so that it, it is a collaborate. I don't want to say it, I was about to say also it feels like a collaboration, but it is generally a collaboration between us and the client. And I think that's been that's been something that I've seen that's worked really, really well, especially like how we're working currently. And I think that's that's been, well, hundred percent. We'll take that forward and keep doing that after this. It does sort of control the client's creative input. It's it is a, a certain amount of sort of client management in that it makes them feel shepherding. Like they are involved and they you know they, they are <laughs> contributing, but it also stops the kind of death by a thousand cuts, fiddling at every stage, hovering over the work um, type behaviour that you do if you if you give them too much access, um, which can be a problem as well. Yeah, I think I just just can only talk from my experience from the last couple of years, but there's a kind of workshop mentality, and I'm not knocking it. I think there's I think there's a kind of how do, you, how do you get to big answers really quickly? And, um, and this is this impact of short-termism everywhere. So we, we can't hope that it's gonna change. I think it's just that this is the new, the new normal, um, that clients want to get to answers a lot quicker. And we just, the pressure will be on us to ensure that the value, going back to Hillary's point about the, the out, outcomes and the, and the value that we offer to clients, ensuring that we, we get paid properly for that and that actually the, 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 the outputs is as good quality as, as it can possibly be, bearing in mind the new normal around restrictions of budgets and things. So that's, that feels like a tasty territory for creative directors to, to start worrying about. I'm not a fan of a workshop, but I think workshop's just a new name for a brainstorm, isn't it? And I was never a fan of brainstorms. <laughs> no. I just think it's it's a lovely technique and it's a lovely way to get clients involved in the planning stage and make everyone feel like they're contributing an idea in the ring and it's terribly getting um, but then you're all in the bin and you do your job. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I just I don't I didn't, I, on the rare occasion there has been a, a good idea come out of a brainstorm, but it's just or maybe it's just me, it doesn't work for, I don't know. Oh, I think we all know brainstorms are a load of shite. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing new there. <laughs> so it's it's 1357. Um, I think this has been great fun and I really appreciate everyone uh, joining on the call. Uh, I'll give you three minutes to go to the loo before your next uh, Zoom call. Um, I just wanted to thank everyone for joining us. I hope this will be the start of a new way for us to even just come together for just to share some knowledge within the industry. I think the industries and our various industries are probably should step up now to, uh, to, to try and pull a sense of community uh, and actually just bring, bring us together a little more. But uh, thank you all very much. Uh, I'll let you know when, uh, when I've edited out all the whizzes, pops and bangs and, uh, and, um, and it's, yeah, it's sorry if our internet's dodgy. I think my internet's a bit dodgy. So I think sorry I think all that. of our internets are a bit dodgy. So uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you very much. Uh, I've really thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, thank you, Cheryl. Thank you, Paul, Adam, Ailey, Callum, Troy, Phil, and Hillary. Enjoy the rest of your day, and um, hopefully talk to you soon. Cheers, guys. Thank Bye. you. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.